On Friday, Syracuse football offered possibly the least possible convincing win uh, over a really not that good Virginia team. Nope, doesn't matter. Coaches ranked them number 25 in the country on the coaches poll. We'll talk about all that and more. Locked on Syracuse starts now. Our Locked on Syracuse, your daily podcast on the Syracuse Orange, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. Matt Bonaparte, Owen Valentine with you on your Monday episode. Thanks for making Lockdown Syracuse your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get podcasts. And I'd like to thank LinkedIn Jobs for being the official college football recruiting sponsor across the Lockdown College Network. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash Lockdown College. Terms and conditions apply. Uh, all right, Syracuse 4-0, one of the only 4-0 teams in the country. I think it's 21 teams left undefeated right now. Uh, 21. And two Syracuse of them. is one of them. That's exciting. Two of them. There's two of them with three power five wins. Syracuse and Florida State. Uh, wow, that's pretty nuts. Yeah. Rank us, man. Uh, and they kind of did. 25 in the coaches poll, which uh, at the beginning of last week, almost a week ago, uh, Dino Baber said he doesn't care about the media poll, the AP poll. He only cares about the coaches poll, which I guess he's like, not as I think he said, not a shot at the media, which it definitely is, but <laughs> whatever. Um, he likes the coaches poll, doesn't care about the AP poll. Uh, but okay. Uh, so Dino's happy and so are the rest of everybody else. I'm happy. You're happy. Syracuse finally getting some recognition for being, uh, a team that wins. I'm not going to say they're really, really good, but I am going to say that they win. Uh, yes. That game was ugly. Really, really ugly. And somehow Syracuse pulled out a win in it. Uh, it was a little bit long. We're recording on Sunday night. So it was a little while ago, Friday night, a couple nights. So I can't remember exactly my emotions throughout the whole game. But I do remember thinking Garrett Schrader is awful. <laughs> and he is just putting together one of the worst performances I've seen in a long time. Uh, I think I was overreacting in the moment because his numbers weren't that bad. He went 22 for 33, almost 67% completion. Didn't throw a touchdown, but didn't really matter. Uh, He was was solid. Uh, He ran for a touchdown, so kind of made up for it. But the play that sticks out in my mind was when Syracuse was in scoring territory and he – well, this was a trend throughout the game that he wouldn't get rid of the ball. He took sacks. He walked out of bounds with the ball. He wouldn't throw it away. And there was one particular play where he just ran backwards. He ran 12 yards backwards and took a sack. Throw the ball away, man. Like, what are you or, doing? Or run the he, football. He was brutal. He was absolutely brutal at times. They still get the win. It wasn't pretty. But Schrader, uh, he got them through it. And, and without the help of Sean Tucker for the most part, who once again tweets that he's not very happy with his uh, performance. He was good, but he wasn't great. Uh, He averaged 2.9 yards on the ground for 60 yards on 21 carries, got the ball five times for 45 yards, which is pretty good. Uh, But I think a lot of people will agree that I don't really think it's his fault. 
I think that the offensive line was atrocious and they really, I think a lot of people going into this year said the offensive line is going to be fantastic. And we're going to see one of the best offensive lines Syracuse has had since however long. And they have come in and not only not impressed, but even disappointed in the fact that they can't create holes for Sean Tucker and Carlos Vettorello and Dakota Davis and Chris Bleich are penalty factories. Those guys, every five or so plays are, are causing penalties. Vettorello, the prime suspect. Yeah, that, that was it was bad in terms of the recurring penalties and, and the frequency at which we were seeing them pop up. Like it was, it just felt like we did hype this offensive lineup and it was conversations that we were having and things that we were seeing preseason and throughout camp. And the first couple of weeks, you know, week just one, us, they were atrocious in terms of penalties and false starts and, and things of that nature. Weeks two and three, that seemed all right. This week it was, it was evident that the O-line still needs some work. And that is, that is something that needs to be figured out quickly um, because as we have talked about time and time again, uh, the gauntlet is is rapidly approaching in terms of the ACC and the top tier of the ACC uh, in your schedule. So you, you need to figure that out quickly. I want to go back, uh, you know, I'll quote, it seemed like a recurring theme on Twitter after that game is win ugly over lose pretty. 100% a win is a win. Syracuse is 4-0, right? We walked into this season with very, very minimal expectations for this team. And they are two wins away from a bowl game. They play Wagner next week and realistically will have to go one and six the remainder of the season to make a bowl game. Those were not the expectations we had on this team, or at least the expectations that I had put on this team. So I, I do want to lead with that and say that even though there are going to be negative comments out of me today, I am very much pleased with where this team is at and they have blown away my expectations so far even if the last two weeks have been ugly wins, but you're winning, you are four and zero, uh, and there are some things that definitely need to be discussed because it is not going to be able to continue like this. And I don't think you're going to be able to have the same success as you continue throughout this season playing like you did against Virginia on Friday night. There are a lot of things that need to be changed. Schrader's play needs to improve. The O-line needs to find holes for Sean Tucker. I think the play calling for Sean Tucker could also be a little bit better. You tweeted totally. it probably 12 times throughout that game. Get him to the outside. Give him some space. Give him an opportunity. He didn't quite have that. Uh, so I think there are a number of things on the offensive side that need to be fixed. And on the defensive side, uh, you, you got to get healthier again. Uh, they took uh, a number of, of big hits and, you know, people went down and we saw reserves coming in in this game late, especially. Uh, so this week, next week against Wagner and the bye week, you got to get healthy again on the defensive front. Totally. Uh, and I think you're, you're totally right. I mean, we're going to talk about things that weren't perfect with this team, but uh, I mean, looking at where we are right now and where we thought we'd be, I mean, miles apart, yeah, uh, And I think I was somebody and a lot of other people were as well that looked at the schedule preseason and said, I point out two wins being UConn and Wagner, and I don't know where else they're going to get one. Uh, mm -hmm. So they definitely have. you got to give them that credit. And you're right about that. Um, but going to the Sean Tucker point, yes, he could play better. Yes, the offensive line needs to play better. But 
the play calling needs to improve as well. Anai has been fantastic in what he's done with the offense and, and really catered towards Schrader and, and made it so he can he can perform well. But you've got to find a way to get Sean Tucker the ball in space. And I think that sounds pretty obvious. And if yeah. the coaching staff heard me say that, I think they'd call me an idiot and say, obviously. But yeah. show me then. Like, you're running the ball. You're just calling draw after draw for Tucker, okay? Like, I don't understand what the purpose is. When you have arguably one of the nation's most talented backs and he's only running for 2.9 yards a carry and it's not on a small sample size, he's at 21 carries, you've got to change things up. Find him the ball in space. And it's not like that's impossible. Were they keying on Tucker? Probably, yeah. But figure something out. Um, It seemed that the only thing that was a real lock was Aronde Gadsden for the second week in a row. He was fantastic. Every time the ball found him, he was pretty much wide open, uh, and he had over 100 yards. Uh, so he was absolutely fantastic, somebody I was really happy with. But you've got to be able to get both those things going. It's nuts that a year ago we were saying the exact opposite thing, saying, you know, they can't get the ball going through the air. All they have is the ground, and now they can't get the ground. Yeah. Uh, so they've got to figure out how to how to kind of run on all cylinders there. And once they do, Syracuse will play like a ranked team because they got the win. Yeah, but I don't know if I'd necessarily call that a performance from a team that should be ranked. Um, so I hope they will be going forward, but they also should really play mm-hmm. a lot better going forward. Yeah, personally, I, I think you know this is a bit of a tangent, but where where I see them in the media poll uh, at thirty. In terms of ranks, they're not in the top 25. I believe they were the fifth most receiving votes. I think that's accurate for me right now. Syracuse, in my mind, is an undefeated team. They are not, in my mind, a ranked team right now. Uh, and I, I think that I don't find that to be a hot take. I don't think I'm you know, going out on an edge saying that. This is a team that is undefeated and has done their job so far and is getting the wins that they need to get. I don't know they're a ranked team just yet, uh, and I am okay with where they are in the rankings. I think 30th is perfect. Uh, you win a game against Wagner, you take your bye week, and you then enter the conversation. Uh, if you beat NC State, then you're a ranked team, and if you don't, then you're not. And I think that that makes the most sense to me, and I am okay with that. Uh, but in those those two weeks, there there are some fixes that need to be made that we can talk about in a second. All righty, um, let's do a little ad ski, pay some bills right here. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. Go add your job in the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you are a hiring. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the qual or find qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. That's linkedin.com slash college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, uh, let's keep going here. Did you have a thought you wanted to continue? 
Oh uh, yeah, I I can continue. I think what we were we were looking at, and there were for the first time this season, I, I thought I wasn't necessarily pleased with the coaching calls a number of times, uh, and it just you know I I wanted to see a little bit more, and I think we talked about this a little bit, um, but it was really the first time this season that I wanted to see a little more, uh, and I I just. I, I look at this team at four and zero, and I I am pleased, and I am very much just astonished that they're here and excited that they're here. Uh, but I want more, and I think that is sort of where we feel like yes, they're four and zero, but it's felt like they've left scraps on the table, if that makes sense. Still, right? They go into the half against Virginia up sixteen nothing. They should have been up thirty nothing. Genuinely, uh, they left points on the table in that first half. Uh, you know, shout out to Andre Schmidt for making five field goals, but you know, I, I, I didn't want him to have to take five field goals because I wanted there to be some better execution in those situations. You know, even you look at that last drive for Syracuse where, you know, you, you get to, what was it? The 13 of Virginia, then you false start five yards and then you get bailed out a little bit because UVA jumps off sides and then you call a pass play. And Schrader does what you absolutely cannot do in that situation and turns around. You cannot turn around in that situation. You can throw it away, throw it over someone's head, uh, do something besides take a 12-yard sack. Uh, it's unacceptable. And it, it gave Virginia a way, way better chance to be able to compete and stay alive. And you've got to put your defense out. I believe you tweeted it during the game, like, all right, defense, one more time. I didn't think we would be asking for this, but one more time, right? It just felt like they were very fortunate to win this game. Uh, and a win is a win 100% of the time. And an ACC win is an ACC win 100% of the time. But you were very, very fortunate to win this football game. Missed field goals, missed extra points, uh, inefficient in the red zone, uh, turnover from Schrader, an interception from Schrader that wasn't pretty. Uh, a number of plays, you know, and uh, two fumbles in this game. You had four turnovers. We haven't mentioned that yet. You fumbled the ball three times in this game, and you threw an interception. Uh, you'd need to take better care of the football. There are things that need to be improved. You are 4-0. Yes, celebrate. Be excited about that. But also, you got to return to practice this week and, and really, really strap in and get ready and make some improvements because you you need to make those improvements for this season to – to come to fruition as what it is sort of developing the possibility to be. Yeah. Uh, I was going to mention the four turnovers if you didn't, because they were absolutely brutal. Uh, and yeah. those, those, it felt like, just like you said, um, whether it was a punt or a turnover defense just had to go out there time and time again, like the defense deserves endless credit for this win Yeah, because they never got a break. And even if they did, it was about 10 minutes long. And then they were right back out there trying to protect the lead or whatever. Um, yeah. So, you know, you've got to find a way to protect the ball better. And, and it's crazy that we're saying that because they didn't have a single turnover going into this game, even though Schrader to, threw two picks against Purdue that were bailed out by penalties. Uh, they, they didn't hold on to the ball in this game. Schrader threw a pick in this game. I mean, it was very... It was a sloppy football game that they win, but you know Virginia is not a good team, and I think at the end of the year we're going to go, wow, they almost lost to Virginia. That's yeah. crazy. Um, 
you know, Illinois beat Virginia 24-3. They Illinois might be a decent team, but still, like, come on. Yeah. Like you, you, if you're walking into the dome, you shouldn't score that many points if you only mustered three against the Illini. Um, it's the not Illini slander. That? I'm just saying. Yeah, the yeah, Davidi. Um, but yeah, you know, it, it was a tough game on the defensive or on the offensive end in terms of holding on to the ball. But the defense bails you out. You got to be really happy about what you got. Let's talk about some of the personnel from the defense who really stepped up. Yes. How about Anwar Sparrow in this right? game? Five Two tackles. PBUs. Two freaking pass breakups. That guy was yes. awesome. And he yeah. steps up in a spot where Derek McDonald doesn't play, uh, gets lifted into that starting role alongside Leon Lowry, um, and, and just plays really, really well. Jatius Gear played well in that game. He had a pass breakup, yeah. uh, and he had four tackles. Uh, obviously, Garrett Williams with that hugely timely interception. That came right after a turnover, didn't it? And yeah. he ends up just swinging was, the tide in that was it, it was first play, right? Or no? I'm not entirely sure. It, it was close to it, if not first play. And you I remember being incredibly relieved. He he was, I mean, that was an NFL play. And how about Garrett having an an NFL game in front of yeah. all those scouts? I believe I, I read 27 or 21 scouts of the over, NFL that were over at the game. Over half the league was there. Yeah. Uh, and I don't think they were there to see Garrett, but he made he made that the case. So yeah. uh, I'm glad that he had a good tryout in front of all those scouts because he was absolutely fantastic in this game. Uh, Okachuku was, was really good in this game. Yeah. A couple of sacks Definitely. for him. Uh, Marlo Wax, five tackles in a sack. But the defense was everywhere, man. Jason yeah. Simmons made a great play on Keaton Thompson at some point. They were really, really good. And you kind of really have to give them some credit because, like we said, they don't win this game without the just time and time again defensive pressure that Syracuse put on uh, yeah. against an offense that has weapons. Keaton Thompson, he he played decent, but he didn't have a crazy game. Only caught the ball eight times for 55 yards, rushed twice for 10. Like, they yeah. held him. Yeah, I mean, Keaton Thompson's a guy that is going to get the ball, so I'm not by any means angry with eight catches, but the fact that you're going to hold him to 55 right? yards, yeah, uh, you're holding 55 yards. Like, that, that is, I would say, a success against a guy like him. Uh, but to go back to the defense, I mean, the the defense was in shambles, not in terms of play, but in terms of guys down and, and needing to find replacements, right? I mean, you've got uh, Justin Barron with a targeting goes down or goes out for the remainder of the game. Elijah Clark was out for a little bit in this one. Uh, I believe he returned for the last defensive possession or two, but he was out for a little bit. Um, Jahad Carter was out and in street clothes by the end of the game. Uh, Terry Lockett got hurt in this game. And then Derek McDonald, for whatever reason, uh, that I don't know if we know all too much about yet, McDonald and Stephon Thompson both, you know, not dressing in this game as well. So this was very much well, a Thompson next man up. Yeah, we knew Thompson. Uh, but this was very much a, and I'm sure you knew McDonald going into that game personnel-wise, right? You You figured – uh, as a team, at least, maybe not to the public, but as a team, you knew going into that game that he wasn't going to be there. But this was very much a next man up sort of game out of this defense. And it was really cool to see everyone that came in show out, ball out, do what they needed to do. Uh, even if they, you know, you know that it's a it's a one drive thing that you are going to be having this weight on your shoulders. This defense really embodied like what you want to see 
out of a team. And I, I am so impressed with how they came in and time after time battled and, and held Virginia. I mean, Brennan Armstrong has struggled this year, but you held him to 50% completions and 138 passing yards. That is outstanding. Uh, this defense played remarkably. And I think just to cap off, as we, we tweeted today, the, the sort of icing on the cake in terms of this next man up is Eric Coley's pass breakup to seal the deal uh, and, and win this game for Syracuse. It is a sixth-year sixth senior, right? He is not a guy that has played a lot this year. I think he had one tackle in the Louisville game was his only stat going into this game. And his name gets called because some guys are down and you got to fill in. And he fills in in the biggest way possible. He gets a huge pass breakup, seals this game. The defense did everything you want to see out of them in this game. Uh, and I am, I am incredibly pleased to see you know, how they played, how they battled, how they all stepped up. And it's a nod to, to what White's doing with his defense because it is, it's something pretty, even if the offense struggled for a good duration of this game. Um, I think, and I think a lot of people might disagree with me here and yell at me and say whatever, but I am less confident in this team or I have gotten less confident every week somehow just in how they play. I mean, yeah, week I, one, I can, week I one confidence take. was through the roof. 100%. Obviously, UConn, I was like, whatever. Purdue, close game. I was still really happy with the team. Okay, maybe not because I was pretty confident after Purdue. But but Schrader did play worse in Purdue. Uh, yeah. and, and Tucker was non-existent. So it did go down a little bit there. And then this game was was just chaos. Yeah. Um Things probably change next week in a nothing game against Wagner. I'll probably be fine there, but I don't know where they're going to end up. I, I This season has taken me and probably every single other person by surprise. I have no idea how I feel about them going into the gauntlet that they have after the Wagner game in NC State, Clemson, Notre Dame, Pitt. I don't know if I, I, like, I really don't know what's going to happen. You have to assume they lose at least two of those games, but they are it's undefeated. Or four. They're winning yeah. football games. But do they, are they just going to get slapped when they face really good competition? Not that Purdue was isn't good competition. I think they're a really good team. But I don't know that Louisville and Virginia are, and no. I don't know how I feel about these four games coming up. I don't. What do you think right now? You don't necessarily have to give a prediction, but what do you think they finish in? So let me I'm, let me talk this through. Right, we've I've I've repeatedly given my my Schrader confidence level throughout the year. Uh, I'm going to say at preseason, this is not like my confidence level, but if we started at a zero preseason after week one, I was up to about a 60. That was a huge jump for me against Virginia or against Louisville. Uh, and then he was up to 80 after that UConn game. I loved what I saw. I said he was back to 60 against Purdue. I think he's at 40 for me right now in terms of the confidence meter uh, in Garrett Schrader. This was another hit. On, on his performance. I didn't like the accuracy. Uh, I didn't like the decision-making. There was a lot of decision-making things that I need to see improved. Uh, and the decision-making, I can, I can get over accuracy things. I can get over a missed throw. I really can. It is the decision-making stuff that, that brings the confidence meter down the most for me. And Purdue had a few. Virginia had a lot more of those decision issues. When I look at this team now, to get to your question, um, you know, we're talking five and zero, oh, but I think you get to an NC state team that looks very, very good right now. A Clemson team that is, I believe, I don't know if the 
still stands after the the Wake Forest game this week, but I believe through three games they had scored their most points of like the last seven years. Uh, if I'm wrong, let wow. me know. But I believe that is the case. This offense had just been scoring points uh, for Clemson, uh, and their defense is remarkable. Notre Dame, yes, they started 0-2, but it's still Notre Dame. They are still a very good football team and still have the capabilities to win. Pittsburgh looks great. Florida State looks great. Wake Forest just ran with Clemson for the entire game uh, and loses down the stretch in double overtime. And, you know, Boston College is how you you finish out the season, right? This is a four-game stretch that is now sort of expanded, believe it or not, into a tougher six-game stretch, right? We talked the entire preseason about NC State, Clemson, Notre Dame, Pitt. You've got to get through that. Florida State's playing incredible football right now. They're great. And Wake Forest yeah. looks outstanding. This is now a six-week stretch where your easiest game, in theory, is Notre Dame. <laughs> That's so wild. <laughs> That's nuts. That's crazy. That nuts. And that is the reality <laughs> That's for Syracuse nuts, football dude. coming off the bye week. You. That's wild. I, I don't know where I see them finishing because this really is nuts, and it is amazing. When you look up the ACC Coastal, uh, or the ACC standings right now, and you see Syracuse at the top. It's awesome. It is so cool. But how long can that happen? How long can that stay there? This stretch is absurd. And in this six-game stretch, I think you're pleased to win two. Genuinely. I think you're pleased to win two games. Um, one win you can get over. Um, but this is an incredibly tough, tough stretch. Syracuse football and I do not know how they come out of this stretch I didn't know what this season meant for them uh we said it right UConn and Wagner those were the two wins the other games are toss-ups can they win yes will they win we're not sure these are um I don't know to give a roulette analogy you're betting on zeros in a couple of these games uh so yes it can happen but it's it's not an every spin ordeal uh and I I do not know how you come out of this this gauntlet that as I'm looking at the schedule right now, it has hit me that has gotten worse. NC State is better. Clemson is as anticipated. Notre Dame, yes, took a hit, but Pittsburgh is where they were supposed to be. Florida State is better. And Wake Forest, you thought you were going to be able to escape, uh, but Sam Hartman's back. Bang. Yeah. This is a it's gauntlet crazy. that has I mean, expanded. Yeah, this a is Wake Forest team that right nearly now. beats Clemson this week. Yes, could have beaten Crazy, Clemson man. very realistically. Double overtime. Yeah. yeah, nuts. Well, it all gets difficult for Syracuse if you didn't think it already did. Um, all right, well, that's all the time we've got today. Thanks for making Lockdown Syracuse your first listen every day. Go get more on the ACC by making Lockdown ACC your second listen every day. Host Candace Cooper. And the local experts of Locked On take you across the ACC in 30 minutes. Make Locked On ACC your second listen. Uh, Owen and I back tomorrow with some more SU content. Come back. We'll have you covered on anything on your Tuesday episode. See ya. You had something? Oh. Oh, I got one thing. Go we're ahead. Doing, we're answering a question from the email address on tomorrow's episode. We are. If you're yes, listening, are. right, you are in the, the, the long end of this episode. Tweet at us, DM us, email us, anything. Uh, if you, know you how to email us, us by the end of the day 
today and listening to this, I guarantee you there's a chance it gets in the Tuesday. On Tuesday, if not Wednesday, we will answer questions this week. I, I, I mean, no disrespect, but I am very realistic. It is Wagner. We will make time for your questions this week. <laughs> All right. Yeah, we have a lot uh, of we questions. We will make it happen. If we get enough questions, we could do a whole question episode. Uh, yeah, but let's run. We'll it. talk about that tomorrow. All right. See you.